Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. So my unique purpose. So what am I talking about today? Well, you know, a lot of times in our lives we hear, well, my calling is this or my purpose is this. And sometimes we're not exactly sure the difference between a calling and our purpose. Well, I was thinking about that the other day. And I was, I was, this is kind of silly, but um, let's say I get a call from Jesus. Yes, Jesus. All right, this is Robbie. I want you to serve at Life Church Ministries. Okay, yes, sir. And then I start asking questions. Well, Jesus, why? Crickets. 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 And then Jesus is thinking in his mind, well, why should I answer that question and deprive him of the opportunity of being led by the Holy Spirit? You know, God, when he calls us, like getting a phone call, he calls us, he'll tell us to do something, but he doesn't always reveal to us how it fits into the big puzzle. He doesn't reveal all the purposes. Sometimes he just gives us one word. He went to the disciples and said, come follow me. And they said, yes, sir. And they followed him. We don't have record of them asking a bunch of questions. They just followed him. And a lot of times in our lives, when you're called to do something, you just do it. And you trust God, he's going to take care of the rest. That he has a purpose in mind for your life. And you may not be able to figure it out to way down the road. And you might not even be able to figure it out then. We know in part, but he knows everything. So so that is the topic today is my unique purpose. Each of you has a unique purpose and it's a part of a big master plan that God's in charge of and we're not. So a lot of this message is about, do you trust God with the purpose he has for your life? I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. God is calling you, equipping you and preparing you according to his purpose. Now, I want to look at some guys in the scriptures, and they dealt with this calling and purpose thing. And one of those who dealt with this, from what I've been studying this week, was John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Well, let's look at it. We're going to read this together, so follow along with me. We you turn your Bibles or in your uh, version to Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, 1 through 19. It'll be up here on the screen also. So we're going to read through this, and then I want to look at it piece by piece. And I hope that through this process that the Lord is speaking to you, not just with what I'm saying, but what he wants to say to you through this, okay? Because he speaks to each of us individually. Matthew 11, 1 through 19. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, was, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah. Now, a lot of times that word deeds, you're thinking about, oh, he's, John's thinking about the great stuff Jesus was doing. Well, John the Baptist was thinking about a lot of things, and we'll get to that in a minute. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect somebody else? Jesus replied to John's disciples, go back and report to John. Now, where was John the Baptist at this time? He was in prison. He was in prison. 
Jesus replied, go back and report to John, my cousin, what you hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it was written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. John had just sent his messengers to somewhat question Jesus' authority. But then Jesus says, none has been greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears, let him hear. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John neither came eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So let's look at this for a minute. John the Baptist was called to be ultra conservative and to be a little crazy. God called him to be the forerunner of Jesus. But he said, I want you to go out in the wilderness. And the wilderness is Israel. Some of you have been out there. It's a big barren area with mountains and it's hot, like 110, 115 degrees in the summer. You can't find water. It's a difficult place. They said, I want you to go live out there, John. I want you to wear animal clothes. I I want you to eat honey. And I want you to, what was the weird stuff he did? Uh, Eat locust. I want you to go live out there like a hermit. And I want you to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the Messiah is coming. That was his purpose. And then, of course, we know, there's not a picture of this, we know that John the Baptist baptized who? Baptized Jesus. And after he baptized Jesus, a dove came in the form of the Holy Spirit and basically represented this is the Messiah. He is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And even John the Baptist said, this is the Messiah. He proclaimed, my cousin is the Messiah. But then you go back to this this passage in verse 2, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. And John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah. He said to the disciples, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? So, so John is out there doing what God has called him to do. And then he starts to see his cousin, who he, who he has said is the Messiah, who he believes in the heart is the Messiah. And was his cousin out there living in the wilderness? Was Jesus living out in the wilderness? Let's show the next picture. Jesus was eating and drinking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the tax collectors. I mean, the sinners, right? Maybe not Pharisees and Sadducees, but all the sinners. So he's eating and drinking with the sinners. And John the Baptist is thinking, I'm in prison. And he's out there ministering to the sinners. Why is he not out at the lake wearing 
animal skin and eating locusts and honey. Are you the Messiah or should we expect somebody else? Here's the thing. The calling of Jesus and the calling of John the Baptist were different, but they all had the same ultimate purpose. But John the Baptist didn't see it. He saw with his eyes in the physical and he began to, in essence, he began to say, did I mess up? Did I pick the wrong person? Do you recall how Jesus interpreted the coming of John the Baptist? John the Baptist was a severe, leather-girded, locust-eating, desert-living, adultery-condemning prophet on the one hand, and his own Jesus was, they viewed as a party-going, wine-making, child-healing, sin-forgiving savior on the other hand. But the thing is, they all had the same purpose that God intended to bring in the kingdom of heaven, but their callings were different. John had a unique purpose given to him and he fulfilled it. But even the greatest prophet of all time struggled with figuring out the big picture. Don't you wish God would just show you the big picture? He just doesn't. Maybe, maybe in part. Maybe at some point. God will slowly reveal our purpose and the daily steps to date, take but he doesn't necessarily tell us ahead of time how it intersects his purposes for others. John the Baptist began to focus on others' purposes rather than his. He began to doubt his own purpose. He began to think he had messed up, but he had not. He was doing what God called him to do. One of my favorite scriptures, to each one's own mastery stands or falls, Romans chapter 12. We each have our own purpose. And our own unique purpose directed by God, but it fits into the puzzle perfectly. I'm saying to you, get your eyes off of others. Pastor Scott, he said it last week. He said, let's focus on the God is good list, not the life is hard list. Let's focus on the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. And I will trust him no matter what. So Jesus had to reply to John, the Baptist's disciples, and had to say to him, listen, go back to John. Tell him what you hear. Tell him what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You know the devil likes to attack us in the strangest and silliest ways? You know, a few weeks ago, I had the silliest thought. You know how sometimes you're driving and you can pray or either you can just let your mind wander. And sometimes you just have the silliest thoughts. And sometimes the devil will will hit you with your insecurities. Everybody's got a little bit of insecurities, right? And so I'm telling you, you're going to think this is funny. And it's, it is, I haven't even told Lindsay this. This is pretty funny. I started to think, well, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be a, a good preacher. And I started to say, oh, because all the good preachers, they have a lot of hair. Listen, 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 listen. listen. I started thinking about all these ministers. You got Billy Graham. I mean, he's got that phenomenal looking hair up there. You got Jensen Franklin who can like move it back. You got Joel Osteen. You got, look at Cleflo Dollar. Look at that perfect hair. You got Joseph Prince. And I actually started thinking that. I was like, "Hmm." brother Scotty's got all that hair. And I'm just like, "Hmm." Yeah, I'll just, I'll just do whatever God tells me to do. Cause I don't I, and so 
and you know, and the devil hits you with that. And then as I was preparing the sermon, I was like, I got to share that. And then I was thinking, well, hold on. Are there any bald good ministers? Hey, hey, give the Lord a hand clap. There are some good bald ministers. What about that? <laughs> you know, but I think this is reality of where we are in life sometimes. The devil likes to hit us with that. God gives us a calling and we're to fulfill it. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we get our eyes off the prize. But there's an ultimate purpose that God has planned. Hair or no hair, God can use you. It doesn't matter. You are here with a unique purpose. Stop letting others define you. Stop letting others dilute you. Stop being bullied or pressured into being less than you are. Well, that'll preach now, right? For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Now, remember the conservative John the Baptist? He didn't eat, didn't drink. He's got a demon. Jesus came eating, drinking, partying, and they said he's a glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. They couldn't win, could they? John didn't fully understand Jesus' unique purpose, and the people couldn't fully understand what either one of them was up to. No one can fully understand your unique calling and purpose but you. I love my wife with all of my heart. And sometimes we'll talk about calling and purpose. I can't explain it. Sometimes your spouse can't understand it. My wife says, quit doing the wax on, wax off. That's going to be my new thing here. Wax on, wax off. Okay, let me, let me do this. Okay, all right. You know, when you're up here speaking, you start doing these weird things and you don't know you do it until you get off the podium and your wife goes, do you realize you are doing wax on and wax off the whole time? God can present the gospel however he wants. Sometimes he likes to mix it up. So Jesus was saying, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. I mean, I read that a few times. I was like, what in the world is he talking about? Well, basically, Jesus presents a picture of street children entertaining for money. But no matter what they did, if they played a dance song or if they played a morning song, nobody was happy. Just like God presented the gospel the ultra-conservative way through John the Baptist, and he presented the gospel through the fun, relaxed way of Jesus, the gospel came in both languages. The people denied them both. But you know what? Today, through the new covenant... God may use you to present the gospel in the ultra-conservative way or in a fun, loving way, but guess what? It's still the same God. God can present the gospel through the language of judgment and grace so he can reach as many people as he wants. God likes to mix it up, and he has the right to mix it up however he wants. And he has the right to use you in any way he wants to use you. And there's still more work to do. If God-fearing people judge Jesus as a hedonist and John the Baptist as a crazy fanatic, isn't it possible people may judge you incorrectly also? I got a call from my mom and dad a few days ago, and they like to go to Bojangles. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bojangles. It's a chicken and biscuit place. They've got one coming here to Mobile. 
You know, it's, you, when, when you're from Eastern North Carolina, you just grow up eating Bojangles. That's what you do. Everybody goes to Bojangles. Everybody, uh, I'm, the older folks like to go there in the morning and hang out. They got these round tables and they chit chat for hours. Well, anyway, that's their thing to do, to go to Bojangles. Well, they said they were Bojangles the other morning. And the people they normally like to sit with and fellowship with weren't there. But there was these other folks that kind of motioned them to come over and sit. So they sat down with the gentleman. Hopefully they won't show this message to these people. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but he sat down with the folks and the husband was there, but the wife wasn't. Well, the wife was coming in and, and mom and dad said, well, we'll just be honest with you. It was, a, it was a little, she's a little different. There have been days it's been like 90 degrees and she was outside walking her dog with a fur coat on. And just walking around with her with a fur coat on, walking the dog. And we just were like, well, maybe, you know, she's a little different. And, you know, that's, you know. But the other day, they said, um, they said, Robbie, um, she came in and sat at our table. And we're like, oh, she's never come and sit down before. And, and of all people, we sat with them and she was there. And she said, we were, we were talking about you. Because, you know, mom and dad, they love their son, you know. And talking about that. And, and she said, we're talking about you and just, you know, how you need prayer. And or I, I don't know. And she said, she said, they, uh, they, the lady started looking to us and started like moving her mouth and like acting really weird. And we're like, what in the world is she doing? And finally, finally she just said, well, I was, I was praying in tongues for your son. And mom and dad said, my dad said, I've never seen that before, but mm, that was good. Now they're Pentecostal. So they're like, and she was like, I was just praying in tongues for your son. I just felt the Holy Spirit need to pray for him right now. And they said, we, my mom started crying. She said, you just don't know the anointing we felt when she started praying. You can't judge a book by its cover. And, and one thing I like about Life Church, we are a multi-generational, multi, a, we are a multi-everything church. How about that? You, you can't just take us and fit us in a little, well, Life Church's demographic is, uh-uh, that's not Life Church. We're a whoever God has called you to be, church. Be whoever you are. It doesn't matter. You just be who God's called you to be, and we're going to love you just the way you are. Stop worrying about how others are fulfilling their purposes for the Lord. God has put enough on our plate that we shouldn't have the time to worry about others. Sometimes we have to be reminded we're on the right path. So Jesus had to remind John the Baptist through his disciples you're on the right path. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Judge the fruit people, not the process. You know, I, I'm just so glad there was not a slideshow of you judging the process that I had to go through to get here. How about your life? Would you want there to be a slideshow of the process God took you to get right here? How many of y'all want that to be shown up on the screen this morning? The process isn't always pretty, but the fruit sure can be. John the Baptist ministered one way and Jesus another, but they both were right. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Now, when you think about the body growing up, I think, well, my nose or my ear, uh, maybe I'm a leg. Well, you know, the body is a little bit more complicated than that. 
206 bones. Now, I'm not a doctor or medical expert, but I did find some stuff on the internet. 206 bones, 642 skeletal muscles, 78 named organs. And then we start talking about the cells. The human brain has over 100 billion nerve cells. The entire body has near 100 trillion cells. So are there enough parts of the body to include everybody as a part of the Christ in the one? Because I think the body of Christ, I think, oh, that's just my little group of people here. No, buddy, that's the whole body of Christ. And guess what? You fit into the body of Christ. You're a part of that building God's kingdom. You're a part of it. You may be one of those little cells, but it doesn't matter. Sometimes the parts nobody can see are the best parts, ladies and gentlemen. Every person was created for a unique God-ordained purpose. You were each wonderfully and purposely created. Don't listen to what others say. You do you and be happy about it. Well, in the name of you doing you, I want to show you a short video. You may have seen it, you may have not, but I think it, I think it fits in. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, nice to meet you. Uh, what's the act called? Uh, Charlotte and Jonathan. Charlotte and Jonathan. Okay. Um, uh, how old are you both? I'm 16. I'm 17. Okay. Um, and, and you thought the combination would work. Whose idea was it? Um, it was our singing teachers, actually. She thought it'd be good to try us out together. <laughs> and we both sounded quite good when we sang what we did. Okay. You're not saying much, Jonathan. <laughs> Are you shy? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I've always had sort of problems with my size since I, I can remember. And when I was in sort of primary school, it was back then really that I had sort of the mick taken out of me and it, it kind of damaged my confidence quite a bit. When, when people would say something to me, I'd just... It'd just take a little piece out of me, in a sense. I'm quite protective of Jonathan. Like, if someone... If I was there and someone stood there and said something to him... I wouldn't sit, I couldn't sit there with my mouth shut. Before you make a judgment on someone, I think you really need to get to know them. It's not, as cliche as it's not judging a book by its cover. You've got, you've got to read what's inside. Charlotte's been a really big help for me in terms of confidence and making me a better performer. And I really don't think I'd be going up on stage today if I didn't have Charlotte by my side. And do you think you could win? Yeah, together. All right, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Just 
We all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. Every last one of you has a purpose. No matter what has been spoken to you negatively, no matter where people have tried to place you, you have a purpose. You're a part of the big plan God has created. You are valuable. You are wonderful. You are exactly who God created for this day and for this time. And we all have to remember that. The enemy wants you to think that you're of no matter. You need to tell the enemy, get behind me, Satan. Now today, even it's even easier to live for Christ than it was for John the Baptist. And that's because Jesus came. He died on a cross. He ascended and he went to heaven and he sent us the Holy Spirit to Paracletos to guide and direct us each day. And he says in Matthew 11, verse 11, I tell you the truth, all who ever have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And it's talking about the kingdom of heaven. We live in it, ladies and gentlemen. The kingdom of heaven, and because of the Holy Spirit, we can get a little taste of heaven right here, right now, wherever we go. He's here to guide you. He's here to direct you. We have the kingdom of heaven here on earth because the Holy Spirit is here. Now, not just around us, not just upon us, not just in our midst, but he lives in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit is in us. He is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. He is our peace in the midst of a storm. He's our guide out of darkness and into the light. He's our fire. In the midst of our praise, he's our burden bearer and he's our healer. But most importantly today, I just want you to know, and I hope you've seen that through the word, through even what John the Baptist dealt with, through everything we face in life, is that you have a purpose and you just need to trust God every day with each step and know that he's going to take you to that purpose. Listen to that calling and do it. And until, she, until he gives you another phone call, you just keep doing the, exactly the last thing what he told you to do. You may not be able to figure it all out, but that's because you're a part of a big old picture. And it's a wonderful big picture. If you choose to live your life for the Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you that. You have a choice. You can choose 
to live your life for God or choose to live your life for yourself. You'll never fully find your ultimate purpose until you choose to live your life for Jesus Christ and to give him every last bit of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you'll stand with me, please. Thanks again for listening to Live Church with Mo Bills podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.